<laughs> well, I don't know if anybody can relate to this, but you know when you ask your fiance to be on your podcast because she's totally cool, always has a bunch of funny ideas, um, and you just want to ask, what exists beyond the edges of the observable universe? And then she's just like, I am being held here against my will. Jeez, this movie sucks. Oh, how could you say that? <laughs> I got to get my balls broken, too? I'm not going to break your balls. I tell you to go home and get your shine balls. Oh, uh, Randy, you break my balls? I got on the shade. Break my balls, Randy. Let's get into you. I'm breaking your balls a little bit. That's all. Am I being paranoid or is he busting my balls? <laughs> this guy, <laughs> stop breaking balls. Let's keep us each other. Break my balls, Jack. The worst movie ever. And send and sip. So, Jess does not want to be on the podcast. That's okay. I still love her. Um, so problem is, now I don't have anybody to answer that question. What exists beyond the edges of the observable universe? Will we ever know? Maybe. I don't know. Someday. Like a thousand years from now. Who knows? Um, yeah. Is it possible that our universe is just one of thousands, maybe millions in a much larger multiverse? Maybe it's infinite. Who the fuck knows? Uh, one thing I know, because I watch a lot of movies, uh, is that movies can't get enough of exploring these questions. From superhero blockbusters like Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness to indie darling, everything, everywhere, all at once. Science fiction stories are full of interactions between alternate realities. And, uh, if you're into that kind of shit, well, there's tons of really good movies that explore the multiverse. And, uh, well, in addition to the two I just mentioned, there's Spider-Man No Way Home. I love it. I just did an episode on that last month. Go check it out. Uh, and then there's, um, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Look at that. Two Spider-Man movies, uh, that deal with the multiverse. Uh, never would have imagined something like that when I was a kid. Um, and here we are. Great time to be living in. <laughs> um, and then there's Donnie Darko and Source Code. And look at that. There's two Jake Gyllenhaal multiverse movies. Just as crazy. Uh, there's Army of Darkness, The Lego Movie, and Coherence. Um, so all those are pretty good. I, I can recommend. Uh, I forgot how to say that word. Recommend. Recommend. Uh, I do. That's. You know what? I'm, I'm just going to leave that. I fucked up. I don't care. Moving on um, to the sort of lower tier of mediocrity. Um, so there's some mediocre films like Happy Death Day to You, which is a sequel that's not as good as the uh, as the first movie, Happy Death Day. Uh, I mean, I do like both, but Happy Death Day to You was a little bit of a an unexpected genre swap, which I guess there's nothing wrong with. Um, just just didn't do it for me for some reason. Um, there's Space Jam and Sonic the Hedgehog. And then there's really shitty multiverse movies like Vivarium, The Smurfs, Space Jam 2, whatever the fuck that sequel is called. Not worth it. Don't even remember the name of it. Um, so I'm just leaving it at that. Uh, Cloverfield Paradox. And, uh, and then there's one just called Multiverse. And I unfortunately watched that uh, in preparation of this episode in hopes of learning something 
or at least hoping it would be worth talking about. Um, 2019's Multiverse. Uh, here's the synopsis. Four supposedly brilliant... <laughs> I added supposedly. That's not in there. Four brilliant university students that are forced to confront themselves in terrifying ways when their quantum physics experiment leads to an entangled parallel existence that leaves them questioning who they are and what is real. Well, I wish that movie wasn't fucking real. I gained nothing valuable. Wasted my time. So I'm here to inform you because informing you what not to watch is a free service I provide here at Bollockbuster in addition to making fun of one-star movie reviews, of course. Um, So yeah, you heard it here, folks. (laughs) 2019's Multiverse stinks worse than a multiverse of Hershey squirts. Hey, that kind of rhymes. I don't know what I'm doing anymore. Anyway, the... uh, (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, you know, sometimes you just get stuck. You just say something so ridiculous. You just have to pause and laugh at yourself. Um, but yeah, the uh, the multiverse, it can be confusing. Confusing like everything everywhere all at once. Uh, or at least according to some of the idiots leaving one star reviews. You know, that that reminds me of that George Carlin joke. Uh, I think he says, nobody takes a shit. Yeah, you don't take a shit, you leave a shit. Well, these people left their reviews, a.k.a. shit, all over the internet. So, uh, hey internet, give me those shitty reviews. Okay, Chase Face. Here are some one-star reviews. They're so shitty, they smell worse than an after-school special on Taco Tuesday. Oh, you got poop jokes too? Oh no, I'm dead. Skull? Emoji. (laughs) You are so funny. Face with tears of joy? Emoji. I mean, how can anyone not laugh at poop jokes? Smiling pile of poo? Emoji. (laughs) Yeah, it is funny, right? Yeah. This first review from Neftalap is titled, Really, really, really awful. And boring. I think I spent at least two hours of the two hour and twenty minute movie wishing it would end. But it was only two hours and twelve minutes. So you enjoyed exactly twelve minutes? Not wanting to say anything in case the people I was with were enjoying it. That's what she said? I don't know if that works there. It is a giant mess, makes no sense, the sci-fi aspects are just dumb, the main character is almost likable but no one else is, I felt like it must have been four hours long. Ah, that's what she said. No, still not quite right. Maybe I'll get it one more chance. But didn't want to look at my ticket or my phone to see the time so as not to annoy the people around me. Here's a bright idea, maybe dim the screen on your phone? And then you can check your phone all you want without annoying people around you. The quality of effects and the acting are fine, but the story is just so near non-existent and stupid. I did think during the movie that the great reviews and ratings, the reason I chose it, were like an art critic praising a banana tape to a wall, because they don't want to admit they don't understand it, when there is nothing to understand. Oh come on, give art critics more credit than that. 
wait, is this a movie critic critiquing an art critic? And I'm a one-star review critic critiquing a movie critic about critiquing an art critic? Holy fuck. Staring at a banana. Staring at a banana, that's what she said. Taped to the wall would be about as boring, but at least not the same assault on the senses. Okay, maybe that's not what she said. Next from Ein Heber is titled, The Best Worst Movie Ever. E-E-A-A-O is a 10 slash 10 and a 1 slash 10 all at the same time. And on that farm they had a 10 E-I-E-I-O with a 10 slash 10 and a 1 slash 10 here slash there slash everywhere slash slash. Uh, that doesn't work. Um, okay, E-E-A-A-O. I know, I get it. It's everything everywhere all at once. Shut the fuck up. How thematic. This movie is extremely well-made, well-written, well-acted, and entertaining. Then why? Oh, why? O-E-I-E-I-O, why did you give this a one? If it's extremely well-made, well-written, and well-acted, and entertaining, then, I, I don't know, give it an eight or a nine? <sighs> you see, when people start out a review with how well it's made and how well it's written and acted and how entertaining it is. Um, something's coming. There's a, uh, a little something that's, uh, right around the corner. And, um, uh, I don't know what to expect, but I'm kind of afraid. Unfortunately, it's also a thinly veiled attack on the Catholic faith. Uh, wow, stretching quite a bit to call the plot of this movie a thinly veiled attack on Catholic faith. Um, little fun fact about me, I, um, attended Catholic church, um, for a while, uh, throughout middle school and, um, and also I was at a Catholic school. And uh, for me, it was a very cult-like experience. Um, you were taught that a biological impulse can send you to hell for all of eternity, where you will suffer. And um, if you eat and drink Christ with uh, some ash spread across your forehead and receive a little sprinkling of water, you're... Uh, Soul will be saved. It's, um, it's a little cuckoo. I mean, it's not like David Koresh level of, you know, crazy cult stuff. But, uh, if you're someone that's, uh, not religious, this sounds a little crazy. Say what? Let's see. The most destructive force in the multiverse is a round piece of bread kept behind a curtain. At the center of an altar-like structure, surrounded by followers with black marks on their foreheads. Gee, what could that possibly represent? And, and see, that's my point. When you explain this kind of imagery, and this, this somehow having something to do with the Catholic Church, I mean... It's when when you say things like this out loud. I mean, to me, this sounds like somebody that would be locked in a in a padded cell. <laughs> um, like it's just this shit is bananas. 
At its heart, this movie has the same old boring Axe 2 grime that we've seen countless times before. The small box we've created around what's right is keeping all of us from having the one thing that each of us needs to actually make us happy. Especially our lesbian daughter. But we can do whatever we want. So we should open our third googly eye and embrace compassion. Oh. Oh, you've seen this metaphor countless times, huh? The old, uh... The old, the old classic small box we've created around what's right is keeping us all from having the one thing that all of us needs to actually make us happy, especially our lesbian daughter, but we can do whatever we want, so we should open our third googly eye and embrace compassion metaphor. Yeah, that one? Yeah. Damn it, I'm so tired of seeing this same metaphor over and over and over again. Ridiculous. I think we've heard this lie before in Genesis 3 where the devil says that our eyes can be open and we can be like gods, deciding what's right and wrong for ourselves. Ugh, excuse me for a moment, I need to go vomit. In reality, any of them, what we really need is the source and giver of all truth, goodness and happiness, Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh no, no thank you. <laughs> Uh, well, like Incubus says, pardon me while I burst into flames. Sadly, at the core of all the great storytelling in this movie is a lie as empty as the center of a bagel. No, no, this review is a lie. Uh, the core of the story is that the littlest things in life matter. And, uh, also that in times of hardship and darkness, one can still find hope. This one from Gadot Jacqueline Moore is titled... Love, family, multiverse concept with messy storyline. It barely has a storyline. This movie only want to show how good Michelle Yeoh's fighting skills are. Yeah, and Michelle Yeoh do be having those good fighting skills. I don't know why this is rated 8.5, but it is definitely only a one star for me. Well, I can tell you how. People rate it higher because they, um, like it? Trailer is good. Interesting, but when it comes to the full movie? Very bad, and so beyond absurd. I will skip it if it runs in local television. <laughs> You're gonna skip it when it airs on local television? What, right between episodes of The Young and the Restless and General Hospital? <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. Just when I thought Kill Bill was the worst movie. <gasps> How dare you? This review from Valm957536316 is titled Perfect Example of a Modern Wokewood Movie. Oh yay, my favorite kind of review is from people who think everything is woke. And also, he said wood. <laughs> Unbearable mess, watchable only when, as stated by lots in reviews, under influence. This kind of Movie happens when 90% of the budget goes to controlled substances, 9% to internet reviewers, and 1% to trailers. Okay. Okay, let's do some quick uh, math here. Um, 1% to trailers. I don't know what a, a typical budget is for a movie trailer, but uh, but we'll, we'll call that fair. 9% to internet quote-unquote reviewers. Well, um... You are one of those internet reviewers. Uh, did did you get any pay? Um, I don't know. Well, you didn't specify good or bad reviews. So just like you didn't specify which schedule of uh, 
controlled substances. Um, so, uh, but I think at any schedule of controlled substance, uh, 90% of 25 million, that is over $22 million worth of, uh, drugs. The entire cast and crew would be dead. This movie could not have been possibly made. It's just, it wouldn't, this movie would not exist if everybody involved in making this movie did $22 million worth of drugs. Sit your ass back down and shut up. I think that the actors worked for tips colon, but hey, now they film in digital, so no problem. <laughs> what are you talking about? They worked for tips. Yeah, they, the actors show up at the theaters with their little tip jars, uh, begging everybody on the sidewalk. No, what the fuck are you on? $22 million worth of drugs? This review from Elizabeth 48172 is titled, Do Not Watch. If you hate yourself and want to ruin your night and cry, then go ahead. Bitch. Whoa, language. They said my review needs to be 150 characters, so I'm adding extra text. Bitch. Hey, what did I say? Watch your fucking mouth. Why does it auto capitalize? These guys are weirdos for real. Well, that was not a review. That was a troll. Here's one from Awesome Asom. That's titled, Accept me or I'll kill myself. Way to ruin a fun concept with an agenda. That's all these movies coming out now are agenda drivers. Here we go again. The story is secondary. The premise was set at the beginning and I knew it was all downhill from there. <laughs> <laughs> Did you say the bajining? The bajining? The bajining? What the fuck is a bajining? Oh, you mean a beginning. The fun part was good, albeit repetitive, and even though it was agenda driven, it didn't know which agenda to push. It tried to cram them all in at one time and it came out a hot mess. Okay, if by agenda you mean accepting your loved ones for who they are, okay, yeah, that's it. That's an agenda they're trying to push. Uh, that's something you should already do. If that's something you don't do, then you're kind of an asshole. The message was, accept me or I'll kill myself, but it turned out to be emotional blackmail. It made a mockery of mental health and suicide. You know, I wish I could mock you for your stupidity. Oh wait, that's kind of the point of this whole podcast. Then the husband that was supposed to be Jackie Chan was made to look as much like him, and the action sequences being a cheap copy too, made it even more frustrating. Fake news! Get your facts right, bro! Jackie Chan was never asked to play Waymond. He was asked to play Michelle Yeoh's part, but he turned it down. And you know what? I'm kind of glad it did, because we got the triumphant return of Ki Hui Kwan. I mean, I love Jackie Chan, but how dare you call him a Jackie Chan knockoff? This is this is Short Round and Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom and Data from the Goonies. Yes, Key is back in the game. I am super stoked to see him return to acting. It it took me, it honestly took me a, a moment to figure out when I saw him as I'm watching this movie. And I'm like, he looks familiar, and he sounds familiar, and I'm like, is this the kid from Indiana Jones and the Goonies? 
and I had to look it up just to confirm. And sure enough, and like it blew my mind. Um, I, I just, I could not believe it. Uh, but I'm so glad that he is back in front of the camera and with his role as Waymond in this movie, he brought a level of charm and grace and just absolutely nailed the the choreography in his fight scenes. I mean, and he's like in his 50s, I think. Um, so, I mean, it was just super exciting to see how well uh, his performance yeah, I mean, his performance was amazing in this. And I mean, to have not been really in any major role in, I don't know, at least a couple of decades. Uh, I mean, this is a huge, this, this is a huge deal. I mean, I'm excited. I'm excited to see Key in uh, upcoming movies. Because when I saw him in this, I got a little teary-eyed. Tears of joy. And... I was just geeking out like I'm doing right now. I'm geeking out over, over key. Um, so I'll stop now so we can get back to the review. Everything about this movie sucked, but it tries too hard follow and agenda. So that makes it great. Yeah. 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 Sarcasm and all that shit. Whatever. Next review. This review from Elia Emil is titled nothing, nowhere, none at once. This movie is a perfect example of how a good idea can turn into a waste. Movie was oscillating from a deep philosophy to a cheap comedy. But cheap comedy conquered. What was so hard to understand about this movie? You think a a, a literal everything bagel being a symbol for everything and nothing is deeply philosophical. It's not that hard to uh, understand uh, the message in this movie. This review from Jamie Brown is titled Jamie Brown, the Godfather of Soul? Oh wait, no, that's James Brown. Why? You know how one of the worst places you can be is in a room full of people who are high when you're not? Where the fuck are you hanging out that literally everyone else in the room is high except for yourself? Well, this is that, except I'm 40-odd and everyone else is a Gen Z student, they're stoned babble all about multiverses as they frantically exchange TikToks. <laughs> okay, calm down, Boomer. That's the circle of hell we've arrived at here. Oh, and the hosts happen to be Chinese-American and have seen a lot of martial arts films. There's a kermodism about how you can always tell when the filmmakers are having way more fun than anyone watching the film. This film is just about the epitome of that. Unmitigated drivel. Well, Jamie Brown, I kind of thought you knew what you were talking about until you said the word Kermodeism, which I had no clue what that meant. So I looked it up and it is a genetic trait in black bears. So I, I'm at a loss for words now because there's a genetic trait for black bears about how you can tell when filmmakers are having way more fun than anyone else watching the film. <sighs> this review from Rebecca L. is untitled. This movie was whack. Cool. She said whack. <laughs> this review by Mac is titled. 
Horrible movie. Unrelatable as a straight white man. But a straight white man with a sense of humor. Absolutely unrealistic anyways why were only the Asians doing kung fu? Oh, ho, ho, ho. Oh, ho, ho, ho. Everyone was kung fu fighting. Those kicks were fast as lightning. Fighting not just the Asians, zero out of ten. Oh no, these are one star reviews. Zero out of ten? That doesn't work for me. So, um, that's it. I apologize for my horrible rendition of Kung Fu Fighting. I guess I should apologize to, uh, what's his name? Carl Douglas? I think so. Um, yeah. So my thoughts on EEAAO, um, uh, I thought it was really enjoyable. There's an emotional message, if you're paying attention. The end is rewarding. Um, but then on the surface, it's also a fun multiverse movie um, with a villain who's capable of seeing and feeling everything, everywhere, all at once. Everything, everywhere, all at once. Um, there's a set of standards that are considered to be part of the equation that make up a good movie. And those things are, you know, script, acting, character, timing, sound lights, visuals, etc., etc. Uh and those are somewhat I guess you could call them tangible qualities when critiquing entertainment value. Uh but there's what I sort of refer to as like a whole spectrum of elements beyond these physical qualities of traditional movie making standards and they're each of you know sort of I guess each of those can be multifaceted and range from something simple that lets you turn off your brain and enjoy mindless entertainment, but also extends to a degree of storytelling that will provoke thoughts and inside emotions on a deeper level. And to me, everything, everywhere, all at once balances what some people might call high art and what others call absurdist. Um, as I think, you know, one of the reviews here mentioned, um, but I noticed that while reading tons of reviews, uh, I, I don't know, but I, I want to say I read close to a hundred reviews, uh, one star reviews and, um, many reviewers either labeled this movie, this movie as some artsy shit and couldn't figure out what the story was about or, they bashed it for being so overwhelmingly silly and they couldn't figure out how to make sense of uh, the story. Now, I'm certainly not someone that's often wowed by avant-garde concepts and I'm certainly not someone with like high intellect. Um, see, my inability to uh, think of a synonym for the word certainly. Um, so that shows my lack of intellect. Um, but seriously though, this movie explores both extremes uh, of that spectrum. And the basic premise is really not that difficult to get. It's about a mother struggling to keep her family together while also struggling to keep her business together. Or at least in good standing with the IRS. Um, and the foundation of this plot is just about finding hope. And not wanting to be alone. 
even as the villain creates a void of nothingness, she didn't want to go it alone. And the story sort of reveals itself during this little romp through the multiverse, you know, with some visually unique and interesting fight scenes uh, along the way. And the literalism of a um, of an everything bagel being a meaningless void. It's a symbol of everything and nothing at the same time. Uh, I mean, it's fairly straightforward. The, the end result is a family that realizes they can face any challenge. And even trivial things are important when doing those things together. So, remember the last review we, we just heard? Well, this particular review took an unexpected turn. Um, the one-star review was just good old-fashioned internet trolling. Uh, the same reviewer, Mac, uh, actually gave the movie a 9 out of 10. Um, so I'm going to read that for you real quick. Uh, let me let me pull this up. Okay. So again, this is, uh, this is the, the good review by Mac. Yeah, this, this is the same guy that wrote the Kung Fu, uh, the Kung Fu fighting review. Um, so Mac says, this describes my relationship with my parents to a T to the point where I sat in the theater in shock by how much I empathized with joy. The movie Joy is a character um, in the movie. The the movie fits my taste well with a goofy yet artistic art interpretation of life using an everything bagel. The power system was also a joy to learn about since it distracted me from much more emotional scenes that would have struck me deeply if not for the weaponized dildos and power surging butt plugs uh, it's not some generic, overpowered, and simple train-to-improve world. The downsides of the different powers and the complexity of the multiverse maps gave me such a good conversation starter for future reference. Now to a more serious and painfully personal note, I am in fact trauma dumping, but who cares, just don't read if you want to save your mental health. Uh, these are the biggest plot points that had me breaking apart as the movie progressed. I've always held some kind of deep-seated guilt for existing. I've witnessed my parents' sacrifices over and over in loops in order to keep my brother and I alive. A majority of the concepts and details in this movie are things that I can relate to on a personal level, which eventually left me slightly broken and worn out by the end. My mother and father have constantly spoken out to my brother and, or my brother and I, about their interests and their old hobbies, but I have never seen them do anything other than work, sleep, and eat throughout my childhood. A most notable fact is that my father was an avid artist uh, before being forced into working hard to survive. Uh, but I have never seen him actually draw. I've only heard his many stories of how his cheaply supplied charcoal pieces managed to be on par 
with his rich peers oil paint uh, oil paintings uh, I fully believe him as he's shown proof of his painting being displayed at his high school but it's extremely depressing to see his expression while telling the story Evelyn's exploration of her more successful lives made me realize how intricate and powerful even the smallest of decisions are, which is complete bullshit in a world that treats you like nothing matters. It made me realize that my parents could have lived way better lives. Wayman's struggle, that's another character, um, that's actually Key's character in the movie, uh, Wayman's struggle with bringing up divorce also reminds me of my parents, sadly. They used to fight weekly. It was a way for them to take their frustrations out on each other, whether it be about something like money, food, or something small like spilling a drink or losing a remote. Uh, at first, it began with jokes of divorce and then shifted to scream fests and object throwing. And after a while, it all stopped. And I wonder why, until my father and I were alone in a car once. He sat me down and talked to me about the struggles of being with someone you loved, but seeing them as a completely different person as they were put under immense stress. My maturity shot up as I realized that they stayed together because of my brother and I, and the smallest part of me still questions if they truly love each other. Sometimes I lay in bed wondering what their lives would be like if they never had to provide for my brother and I. What, what they could have been if they followed their hearts and worked to do what they loved. It's one of the main reasons why I work hard to this day. The Wang family's struggle to stay afloat with the laundromat hit me with flashbacks to my parents arguing over our income, which instantly made me realize that I would not leave the theater without bawling my eyes out. Too fucking relatable. Joy being forced into a translator role while also not being able to speak her family's native language fluently was a vivid call out that had my hand glued to my face. Partially in embarrassment and partially in plain emotional distress for the direct representation uh, feeling seen in that way kind of made me feel ashamed for some reason. Evelyn's change of heart towards the end of the movie gave me a bit of hope. Uh, maybe my mom will eventually learn to be the same. My mother's begrudging acceptance of my masculinity and overall gayness still comes with minor traditional judgment from her, from the tone of her voice and the words she chooses when we talk towards the start of the movie Evelyn's acceptance is understood but her apprehension and disappointment or maybe discomfort as she strays from what is considered normal is obvious as an attempt to not disappoint her own father my mother is the exact same way which hurt me to see also Evelyn's blunt comments about Joy's looks had me laughing a bit of how relatable it is my mother's quick to bluntly tell me if I look fatter if my skin tanned or if I'm exhausted 
I know it is simply how mothers show that they care, but but that immigrant mother nagging is always attention-grabbing, knowing that Evelyn didn't change her words of critique by the end of the movie at all. But her legitimate love and acceptance for joy is even more apparent and makes me feel warm inside. Also, on a smaller note, Evelyn's struggle with pronouns is so similar to my mother's since Tagalog is a gender-neutral language, I regularly experience her struggling over the right pronoun to use, which felt interesting to see in another culture. There's so much more I could talk about, but I am so, so tired and just want to get my raw emotions out. Anyways, I'm glad to watch it with someone that means a lot to me. It's hard for me to feel comfortable with vulnerability, so meeting up with one person that I know would respect me felt amazing. Even if I was extremely embarrassed for dripping tears and snot out. 100,000 out of 10 would watch as many times as possible. I love this silly little movie with all my heart. Okay, so that is Mac's amazing review. And I apologize for my reading. I'm over here multitasking and making sure I'm recording and listening to myself and trying to scroll through the tablet and read the review at the same time. So so I apologize if my reading was a little rough, but um but I mean this review just hits all the feels. Um I know it probably wasn't easy uh for this dude to talk about this kind of stuff. And uh I mean I commend him for putting himself out there and and sharing this story. Um but this brings me back to what I was saying about entertainment value. And yes, escapism is what many people, myself included, find to be an important part of enjoying a piece of fiction. Uh, But when a story can make you care about a fictional person as much as any real person or, or anyone you can relate to and you can make an emotional connection such as the example given here by Mac... Uh, it can be inspiring or maybe a transformative experience. It can make an okay movie good or maybe even a good movie great. So, yeah, I mean, I know it got a little crazy. I went from, uh, I went from tearing down reviews and all the profanity and all of the, the vulgar jokes and humor and stuff, um, to uh you know to getting a, a little bit serious but this was uh this is something that just you know felt like was was worthy of of sharing and um you know and I want I want people to see that this is why movies are so important um I mean they can they can have an impact uh on on your life and connect to you in ways that you never thought you could imagine. So that's pretty much it. Uh, I just wanted to end on uh, on that positive, you know, sort of note. I know that was a little mushy for a moment. My reading was a little messy. So I appreciate if you made it through that and you're still here, you're still listening. 
Um, and I just wanted to have a conclusion that was maybe a little inspiring or insightful. So I don't know if that did it, but it's all over and done with now so I can let you go home. But, but before I do, let me remind you real quick that every episode I'm doing uh, for the rest of this month of June will be based on a multiverse-related movie. So you can look forward to things like Source Code, Donnie Darko, and, of course, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. So stay tuned for those. Thanks for hanging out. 